0: Hello, world. Welcome to another week of golf sub bar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz coming off the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Not technically an Am, but AT&T Pro. And Daniel Berger gets the job done with an incredible final round 65.
1: The boy looked clean, man. He's fun to watch. I really, really like Daniel Berger's golf game because he's kind of a, goes against the mold in terms of like textbook golf swing, How about, you know what I mean? Everybody's trying to be perfect and get out there and take an 800 videos. He's got a homegrown golf swing, super strong left hand, lays it off at the top, bows it. Does a lot of things that no teachers would teach, but he owns his golf swing and it showed on Sunday, like he controlled his ball better than pretty much everyone out there. And he was better on the greens too. But I just really like the kid, man. We've gotten, you, you've known him for a good while. I've gotten to know him a little bit. He just He's got that swagger. He's got a little bit of juice. What do I say? If you're useless, if you're juiceless, you're useless. You I kind of ruin ruined it right there. there. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, though. But he's got it, though, and I love no, watching that kid.
0: And he's now up to 13th in the world. Looks like he's going to probably make the Ryder Cup team for the first time, which will be, I think he'll he'll bring a little juice. He's got that, that juice, a little drip. So congratulations, Daniel Berger. We got to give a little shout out to our guy, Jordan Spieth. Didn't get the job done. Two shot lead heading into Sunday, but hey, back to back top fives. He is trending in the right direction before that little tournament in April.
1: Yeah, progress, progress. Like I said last week, if, if it was one week at uh, Phoenix and he didn't play well this week at Pebble, people could look at it and say, oh, it's just one round, 61, the stars aligned, he did that. But he's done it back-to-back weeks now, put himself in position. And the thing that's really hurt him a lot on Sundays the last two weeks is that putter, which is kind of what we assume Jordan Spieth is just going to always have. And it's it's let him down a little, Struggle, struggled with the speed of the greens some. So I don't worry about that, but just seeing himself in the – Putting himself in the contention for the last couple of weeks, huge steps for him.
0: Yep, golf is good when Jordan Spieth is in the mix. So excited to have him back playing well. Look forward for him to do some big things. But, sleaze, so we have a monster guest. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right to it. We got the European Ryder Cup captain Padraig Harrington in the house. And just so ever, before everyone freaks out out there, this was well before he tested positive for the coronavirus. We we followed all the protocols. We were very very safe. This happened well after, but. Podrick was in the house, and we had a blast with him.
1: Yeah, it wasn't us that gave him uh, COVID. I'll, if we're <laughs> going to give it to him, we're going to give it about the week before the Ryder Cup. I think that would be the time to give it to him. But this was so cool to have the European Ryder Cup captain in here. This conversation, we get into tons of Ryder Cup, obviously. But he's a very well-fought-out guy. Nothing happens he's by accident with him. He's kind of quirky. and But everything he does, he, he does with full conviction. There's nothing happens by accident. And th- this conversation was, was awesome.
0: Yep, And you're never going to believe, When and where he got the phone call to become Ryder Cup captain. Here he is, Padraig Harrington on Golf Subpar.
1: All right, we are flattered to be joined by our next guest. He is three-time major champion with 31 professional wins across the globe and will captain Team Europe at the 2021 Ryder Cup later this year. Padraig Harrington, welcome aboard, my man. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's actually the 2020 Ryder Cup in 2021. Correct. I didn't know what the actual right thing. I was like, it's 2021, but it's supposed to be 2020, so I just went with the
0: current well, year. Well, they've,
1: they've all the branding done. You can't change it. Oh, oh change. really?
0: Yeah. So they're all going to say, interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Be a collector. Well, let's, now. I mean, how excited are you? I mean, what an honor to be named a captain of the European yeah, Ryder let, Cup.
2: Yeah, let's teams. hope it goes ahead with full spectators yeah. and, and everything. Uh, look, I, I'm really excited to be Ryder Cup captain. It's a big deal in Europe to be the Ryder Cup and there. Uh, you know, obviously, I've played a few, I've played six, vice-captain. It, it's kind of natural to go into the captaincy role, but it's it's a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I want to do a good job. It's tough come, being away. Obviously, you, you've seen that now, home and away. Is, you know, it's tough for the Americans to be, beat us in Europe when we set the golf course up. And equally, it's tough for us to come over. Especially, I won't, I can't say this really, you know, I'd hate to be playing a US team on a typical US golf course. So if we were going to Hazeltine, if we were going to Valhalla, if we were going to the Miracle in Medina, you know, it's so tough to beat US players on what they're used to. Whistling Straits, I don't think, is a popular choice really for the, for the US players because it could be kind of a links golf course and it could be windy and it kind of is a golf course. To, it is what it is. You can't do much to it. So I'm hoping that plays a little bit into the European side. To, <laughs>
0: That's so funny. I mean, we haven't had the best run of lately for the team yeah, USA, cool. And now we have it in America, and we're setting it up on a European golf course. Exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, what and then, the hell are we doing? And
1: in Paris, Europe did such a good job of like making that golf course suit what you guys did the best. And it's like, all right, now it's our turn. Let's have some home field advantage. Like, oh, here's a Lynx, Lynx-ish style golf I was like, what are we doing, dude? We're, it's our, we could pick any of these classic <laughs> American hilarious. places. But I'm glad you brought that up. I found were it you, interesting.
0: When, obviously, it was, a, it was a tough thing to have to postpone it. But were you 100% like, hey, if we can't have fans and all this, let's not do it?
2: Oh, yeah. Like, when it happens, obviously, pandemic sort of started in March and we we're, were scrambling behind the scenes and we're, we're getting things done. We're, we're ready to go. We're getting organized. But by the time May came along, there was just so many problems behind the scenes. And, you know, everybody kind of knew one thing, like, okay, you can't have fans. But there was a, such a mix of problems. Like, they were talking about picks. They wanted to give me eight picks. If I had eight picks for the Ryder Cup, I've been telling people this – It'd be twenty-four people, you know. The more picks you have, the more people think they're going to get picked. Yeah. So if you've eight picks with twenty-four people in, in play, that's seven hundred and thirty thousand different teams you can come up with. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> take your yeah, word you, for it. You studied accounting. I'm <laughs> yeah. trusting that those well, numbers are right. Can, can you imagine how many unhappy people yeah. you have if you? Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, the U.S. have gone for six picks. I've cho- chosen to have three picks for the very reason I don't want that many options because you know you get people who are unhappy if, they, if the more picks you have the more people think oh I have a chance whereas with three picks with three picks in Europe you're probably going to have one pick gone for sure so you might have to decide between five players and two picks which is you know okay three guys are going to be unhappy but it's not, not too many bad phone calls to have to make
0: you, yeah so we had Davis Love on our radio show recently and talking about the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and he said the worst thing is having to call the guys that don't make it so good luck with that. Yeah. I,
2: I, I've been on the end of a call that when I didn't make it. And I remember the, the guy telling me, you know, he, he told me how bad I played for the whole year. And I just let him keep talking. I wouldn't give I wouldn't give him the, you know, I wouldn't say, yeah, thanks very much. I, I actually just let him kind of dig a hole instead of, you know, hopefully, you know, if a player doesn't make it, it doesn't mean he's not in the top 12 players. It doesn't mean he's not a great player. It doesn't mean, it just means he doesn't suit the team you have. So I'll have nine guys qualified and my three picks will be just matching up those nine guys. And, and, and unfortunately, you could be the ninth or the tenth best player in Europe, but you just don't match up. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it shouldn't be a, you know, it's disappointing not to get picked, but it shouldn't be any sort of a, any sort of stigma on your game. It's not like you're not a good player. Clearly, you're still a good player. And I've been looking at the, the qualification at the moment. Wow, it's hard to make the team. Mm-hmm.
1: it's tough I think pick's got to be the hardest thing for being a captain but going back to whistling straights and, and looking at that golf course which is a big long golf course, I think it plays 7,700 yards last time there was a major there will that course setup dictate at all how you make your picks like all right there's a big long golf course maybe if there's a bubble guy I go with the longer guy versus the shorter things like that yeah
2: it, it, golf course will come a lot into play for who you pick but you know if, if, if you had nine big hitters in your team well you wouldn't necessarily be looking for three more if you had nine experienced guys in the team you probably go with three rookies if you have nine rookies you go with three experienced. so it really is the nine guys who who qualified they determine what you need in terms of your picks
1: well the way that europe's doing their points is different from the u.s and you're basically starting in january the points are 1.5x for a while and then starting i believe in may they go to 2x is that the best is that just to capture who's playing the best at the time the Ryder Cup's uh, going to be taking place i
2: hope so because i got to choose it yeah uh, you know we're we're I suppose it's slightly different in in Europe compared to the states. Obviously, the PGA of America decide a lot. You know, they they kind of. Whereas in Europe, it's more because it's the European Tour who 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 run it for our side. It's certainly more player orientated, and we decide what the captain decides how many picks, when the points start, when the, uh, you know, when the multiplier changes. So, because we've obviously had close to what, a nine months suspension or something like that. We didn't want to discount the players who have earned their points. They deserve to be there. Uh, but clearly, I, I like players who are in current form. So, uh, you know, the points are still counting. But if you play well for the next eight months, you're going to play your way into the team. Uh, and, and and I think that's fair enough. But when you look at it, you really got to be in those big events. You know, you got to be in the majors. You've got to be in those world events where there's some serious points. Uh, you got to be sort of maybe top fifty in the world, maybe top seventy five, so that you're playing in Bay Hill, so that you're playing in the uh, T P C uh, the players where the where the extra points are. And that's a good thing from me from my perspective. I want to see the guys who qualify, you know, the rookies to be actually playing in the big tournaments where they're under more pressure, more stress. Uh and just, you know, you 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 want a guy who can handle that that sort of pressure and stress. And you want to you want to have a guy who's got a little bit of stature because you know he he whoever it is if it's a you know a rookie or somebody like that, you you want them to be able to to go up against the the best players in the world. You know the U.S. team is very strong world rankings wise. There's no doubt about that, and you you, you don't want them to shy away from that sort of thing. So the more he plays in majors and and hopefully, uh, we, hopefully you know I I want a rookie or two that maybe can get. I, I'm not saying he has to go and win a major, but I'd like to see where he's feeling on a Sunday and, and to see how he does.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the pressure. Can you think back to your first Ryder Cup? I mean, you played in six of them. What were the nerves like as your first ever Ryder Cup? I, I think
2: there's more nerves in a Ryder Cup than any other situation. So if we get nervous as a pro, say it, it, it happens Sunday afternoon, you're going to be nervous, teeing off Sunday if you're in contention. And But if you're nervous with nine holes to play in a tournament, you've played well for 63 holes. So you're, you're feeling pretty good about your game. In the Ryder Cup, you could be playing terrible. You know, you could have qualified, but you mightn't be playing well at all. You mightn't be having a bad week. You're thrown out there Sunday. Maybe you're down the order, you know, hoping to have a quiet day. And all of a sudden, with four holes to go, the cameras come on you. You might have played awful. And yet, when the cameras come on, they don't know that. They, they're they expecting to see you at your very best, which, you know, in a regular tournament, you would be at your very best. So sometimes in the Ryder Cup, you're asked to hit, you know, Play under pressure and hit the shots when you're not feeling well, and that there's nothing, there's nothing tougher than that, and we've seen that many times. Yeah. yeah.
1: Does it make it harder too? In that a lot of times you're not only playing like in a major, you're coming down the stretch like you're playing for you, and I want to win a major championship and add to my legacy. But when you're in a Ryder Cup, you got a partner, and then you got your entire, you got all of Europe that you're representing as well. I feel like that would be even more immense than possibly even a major.
2: Yeah, it's it, for sure. You're 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 worried about letting your partner down in the first four sessions. You're worried about letting Europe down. But I do feel that a lot of it comes down to how well how you feel about your own game and how confident you are. Uh, you know, if you're having a good week, you know, if things are happening to you, you know, if you're in the singles and you've 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 won, you know, two or three points at that stage, hey, you're going to be feeling pretty good. You go into the singles and you've 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 had zero. You you know you 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 haven't won a match. How 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 bad are you feeling? Like you're desperate to get a Ryder Cup point. You're desperate to be part of it. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. So it, it it's, it's there is massive pressure, but some of it is circumstantial as well. How how the, how the week is going?
0: I can't imagine that first tee shot at Paris the last time of the record like haven't hit a long iron when you're that nervous. I'm just like no, <laughs> Any- I, I wanted something big, <laughs> anything but a long iron. Yeah,
2: and <laughs> you know what the problem in Paris was? It was straight downwind. Yeah. Okay, but you couldn't feel it on the tee. So you, 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 there was a huge temptation to take out the big club and hit it, but like the ball was running out 30, 40 yards. Yeah. You, you had to, okay, it's only going to be a four iron off that tee or a three iron, and it's not...
1: I don't like that, <laughs> starting out. I can't, we've had some of the Ryder Cup guys on here talking about that first thing, like, dude, I literally have a hard time getting the ball onto the tee. Well, my, Best I, players in the world. My first,
2: my, same as my Walker Cup in 91, my first Walker Cup, same first Ryder Cup, when I had my first shot, I literally was standing over the golf ball and had to tell myself to go. So th- there was no, <laughs> yeah, there was no natural yeah. trigger to it. You know, you're actually standing there, and and if if like you're there for two seconds, yeah. but it feels like a lifetime. And you you physically have to go. Oh, I've got to go. And you you know your 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 eyes have watered up. You're you're kind of yeah. you're at the maximum level of pressure. Uh, so yeah, look, you just. Thankfully, the bow times I hit good shots, so I, 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 I do have one lucky thing going for me in, in, in my golfing career. The more pressure I've come under when I've hit that I've actually you know when my backs to the wall, I've actually tended to hit good shots so I, I, some of my worst play comes when I'm in between mm-hmm. you know when I'm worried about it but not panicking. Yep. when I'm panicking, I'm okay.
0: You mentioned uh, the Walker <laughs> That's Cup strange. yeah so we played, I played the Walker Cup over in Ireland at Royal County down. And Dustin Johnson and I were alternate shot partners in the first one. And they go to announce his name. And they go, Dustin, you hear, whoosh, Johnson. He hit it before they <laughs> finished his name. And I go, what the hell was that? He goes, dude, I was so nervous. I just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> i, I got to tell
2: you an even better story about Dustin Johnson. So 2000 and, I'd say it was 2009. So I'm obviously, i like a double major champion. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with Adam Scott, uh, TPC Sawgrass, and our third so, Adam, our th- third, anyway, pulled out. So, Dustin Johnson is our replacement. Mm-hmm. So, he's the reserve. Now, Dustin Johnson, who's Dustin Johnson? We didn't know who Justin Johnson was in 2009. So, we're standing in the first tee there at TPC Sawgrass and, you know, hitting this little cut off the tee or with a driver. I see this kid standing there with an iron. Wow, he's nervous, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Probably at about two eighty-five. Yeah, this, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, this thing came off like, oh, that was a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Are you, like he, I wouldn't have known who he was. Yeah, like so. I, I knew pretty well after
1: that tournament that this guy could play. He's yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. It's, it's, you were uh, you were right. It's looking pretty good. Um, with the, all the success that, that Europe's had, you guys have had you have won seven of the last nine. Coming in as a captain, is it? Are you trying to put like your stamp on things and do things different or do you just stick to the blueprint that's been working for so long
0: basically tell us all your secrets yeah, yeah I was going to get yeah. to that in a
1: minute. <laughs> I want to know everything yeah. we won't tell anyone
2: I would definitely stick to the blueprint uh, you know whats all the good stuff that's happened over the last number of years try and do all that I have seen a few things that you know I, I would certainly bring up and, and you know it wouldn't there's no major change you know but you definitely there is an element of of stuff that i will bring that's from my from me uh you know I, I i would assume somebody like bernard langer in 2004 i would look up to bernard langer in my in my whole career he's kind of a good role model for me and i feel i'd be a bit more like him so i, I played under captains like sam tyrance and ian woosnam who are very much put their arm around you and and make you feel loved and you know they've Give you that feeling that they believe in you. And, and like Bernard is a lot, obviously practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually, I remember on the, I tell this story, I got the the first Friday night, we sit down at a boardroom table for the team meeting and he, he sits there at the top of the table and he says, Yeah, we'll have no one lay up into the hazard on number five tomorrow. <coughs> Yeah, 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 there was only one guy who'd
3: done that. (laughs) It's a good strategy coach. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) When he would be on the tees, and I kind of like that he'd be on the par threes telling you clubs, like he he, and he he was like on the nine hole uh, Oakland Hills, you know, we we played it. He came up there and he said, like, under no circumstances, he was telling us to lay up at the green. Mm -hmm. He says, do not hit a four iron in there. You know, which was kind of the, play, the club you would think he said anything long has been disastrous. You know, so you know he 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 was very much involved. I, I don't think I would be like that, but then you have to know your players, and maybe there is a player that I would jump in there and help him with a with a, a clubbing issue. Uh, but that was Bernard. He's very practical.
0: As a player, were you a were you a vocal guy in the team room, or were you just kind of the chill sit back and
2: I I. I no, I don't think I was that vocal. I, I think that, and that was one of the problems in two thousand and eight. Uh, you know, we were missing. It was a strange year. I know. I know this. This is a strange one because, you know, Darren Clark didn't get picked, and it, we didn't have a Monty who normally would lead and lead on the golf course and would be vocal in the room. And we were, we kind of needed a replacement, uh, and, and Darren is larger than life, and and he probably could have done that job in the team room. Uh, the three older players were myself, I just won two majors, and I wanted nothing to do with anything but myself. In terms of I, my, you know, I was just trying to get myself organized, and you, you know, sometimes it's like that when you, you you know you're you're just busy, busy, just I was just trying to manage myself. So I didn't do the job, and the two older players, Lee Westwood and and and, and Miguel Angel is we you know there was no leaders there. We didn't do it, you know, and and Faldo, you know, he he just we were missing everything that week, and it could have been it. You know, I have to say, the pick that Darren Clark could have been the difference. You you really do need, uh, and you know, I would say, looking from the outside, it with the with the US, I think that's often been a problem with them because, you know, Phil is that natural person. He's the guy that players want to follow him. The players like him. They love what he says and and all that. But Phil can't do that when you have a better player in the room, Tiger. You know, Phil can't get up and tell Tiger what to do. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's been a huge. I I, I don't know, but I would assume that's an issue. You're you, you need a player who feels comfortable to be out there and leading, but I, I would it'd be very hard to be doing that with Tiger Woods sitting beside you, wouldn't it?
0: It would be. Yeah. What do you? I mean, obviously he's hurt, he's hurt right now, but what do you think the chances of Tiger being on that Team USA will be?
2: You know, I, I from what I saw Tiger at the Presidents' Cup. You know he 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 has changed. Mm-hmm. You know he 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 gave a lot more. I know he was captain as well, and he played. I think Tiger has become more dangerous in that environment because, as I said, there is a stage like like I said about myself in two thousand eight. At one stage, you're just managing your own golf. Then you get a little older, and there's like in two thousand and ten, I would have had a better role in the team because I got picked, and I think Tiger now understands he's got two roles to play he has got to give back and help the other part of the team uh, with motivation and and just being tiger cuz you know everybody would love to follow tiger you know that that's the, you know if if he's prepared to give that of himself i think his team would would fall in behind him uh so that is a worrying area for me for sure
1: and I think that's what was like in our early 2000s when Tiger was at his peak I think that was part of the tough thing in the Ryder Cup was like everyone was scared of Tiger you know he would dare go up and sit down and eat with him and things and all of a sudden you're sharing a, a team room with him I think it'd be hard to be like oh let me put my arm around this guy when meanwhile I've been terrified of him for the last six years
2: yeah I, I, clearly Tiger's changed in his personalities completely he's a he's a much softer friendlier person than he was when he was back in the early 2000s which was a very disciplined focused he was a great guy to play golf with because he was just so straight in the golf course. Like he said, if he Tiger said good shot, to you 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 knew you hit a good shot. He wasn't going to say good shot to an average. You know, he was just just such a solid individual, but very focused on his golf. So it was tough for him at the Ryder Cup because you know he liked to practice at six o'clock in the morning and be done. And then he's been told, no, you're you're going out at half ten. You're going to be out in the golf course five and a half hours. And he's thinking, well, when 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 am I meant to do my bit you of know, gym work when you know it it was a very hard for a good player and remember all golfers are self-managed so we did we we decide exactly how much work we're doing how much practice we're doing you know when and when we're doing that whereas at the Ryder cup you're given like a schedule and you you know you've got media 8 30 on thursday you've got you know you've got to be in a tux at at three thirty on 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 Wednesday afternoon, this sort of stuff can can be tough on players, uh, and I would have said it was very tough on Tiger because you know he 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 really did like he did his practice rounds on on tour. You never saw him at the golf course. Well, I didn't because I wasn't an early. I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a late person. Not an early morning. I mean, he'd be finished and gone at ten a.m. in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's. I never saw him out there at all. I was. I'm with you. I wasn't yeah. teeing off at 6:30 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> but you mentioned Phil Mickelson earlier. I want to bring up your relationship with him because y'all have. I had dinner with y'all one night in Charlotte. Had an absolute blast. But y'all, do y'all have a bet every year, or is it, or is it just
2: it, uh, that was back in? The, I think that was back in the day when we were when I was playing certainly better. I wouldn't want to be betting with him at the moment. Uh, yeah. No. We, we had we had, look. Phil is a, he's one of the few guys. He's got great banter about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I know it comes across a little bit now, but it's it's obviously easier when it's when there's no cameras there. We've had a few good ones at different tournaments when we travel the world, where you know, usually it's it's loser buys dinner, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. He he, I caught him once or twice. He caught me in 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 Singapore one year, which was a, a real doozy because he uh so I, I he he beat me during the week, so I buy him dinner and and he organizes actually i don't know why i'm buying dinner but he organized the <laughs> the steakhouse we went to and we we turn up private room obviously at the back and i i'm, I'm arrive on time but phil is there already and he's got the sommelier mm-hmm. and he has all this wine lined up and there's like four of us and i i'm not i don't drink wine my caddy doesn't drink wine bones as we know is not a big <laughs> drinker but he has like four bottles already open and he's got this uh you know he's all talk about the wine but obviously this isn't getting in. this is enough i'm having steak and chips like you know it's, it's not it's not a big it's this is not a big purchase and we we you can't really get through much in the food can you so uh this kid comes in or, or the, the the manager comes in and says you know there's a kid out here it's his 18th birthday can he have a, a pitcher? so brings him in and has a pitcher. so phil gets a bright idea He says you're 18 oh you'll have a bottle of wine so Phil orders the same bottle of wine we're having, a you know, nice bottle of wine, and sends it out to him. I paid for that wine, but <laughs> that kid thinks that yeah. Phil Mickelson bought yeah. him a wine. Oh, cool. And he Susan bought eyes. some he sent another bottle out to another table. And I, and they're all thinking, Phil Mickelson's such a nice guy. Just yeah. trying to build up the bill. He's I getting mean. all the credit for it. And then he and then he this dessert wine, Enniskillen. <laughs> you you've been there. Yeah. He it's a wine. Yeah. Like, this guy looked like he talked about this wine. I even had to taste this wine because he talked about. Oh, this is so nice, uncle. Like, yeah, it was. Was it
1: as good as the price? It was. It, well, it was as
2: bad as the price
1: because I was paying. <laughs> you <only> got, <laughs> got a sip of it. it wasn't yeah. a ten thousand dollars sip. I bet yeah. That. Did you ever get him back for that? Have you ever got to sting him back?
2: I think with phil you do okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. I've done. Done okay. I haven't really. You know. As I said. When you're, you know, generally in that sort of situation, I'm having steak and chips, burger and chips, and a Coke. I really can't burn anybody when it comes to, to buying dinner.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> One year at Charlotte, you also got him a gift and put in his locker.
2: I uh, got him a handbag. Yes. A man bag. Tell him about it. Yeah. Now, I was impressed with this, actually. Man bag. Yeah. yeah. We, so, you know, he, he, <laughs> we saw him somewhere. He's got like a little satchel with his, with his money in it. And, or not a satchel, but it was a, quite a big wallet.
0: It looks like George Costanza's. I mean, yeah, 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 it was a well, man purse.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, it it was too big to be a wallet. Like it was, it was, yeah. you know, I I don't know. It was t- like twelve inches by four inches, and we're going like that's not a wallet. What are you doing carrying that around? He said that's like that's like a man bag. So we went out and we bought an actual handbag, like this is like over the shoulder strap. You know, a, a, a li- I don't know what the the ladies would call a little bag. You know, but it was. It was a, and fair enough we put it in the locker as a present and he didn't say a word he put it over his shoulder walked around that locker room and left the clubhouse with it on didn't say a word to anybody did not explain a thing. I'm sure there was a bar myself and my caddy there was 155 players or 54 players that week looking at him going can't believe he's doing I was that. So with you. It. I was sitting with you at <laughs> yeah. lunch when
0: he got it, and he just walks in the locker, yeah. walks into the lunch area, and he goes, "Hey guys, how y'all yeah. doing? Anyone do need any mascara?" mascara? <laughs> yeah, he he he, he, he
2: and, and Philly is good that way. Like he can give it, but he took it and and took it the right way. There was no, he didn't make any excuse about it. He just carried it off, and yeah, he
1: can
0: take it. He dishes he, yeah, it out, yeah, but yeah, he can yeah. take it. Yeah, you
1: got to say that. He loves to be on the giving end, but he can absolutely. Do you guys feel yeah. like you kind of parallel, like looking at your two golf games and careers? Like you've been always described as a tinkerer. Guy's always looking to do something to get better. I would describe Phil in the same manner, always trying to find the next thing. You guys feel like there's a parallel there in terms of the way you approach the game?
2: Yeah, I'd like to have won as many tournaments as him. <laughs> uh, look, uh, yeah, very much so. You know, the two of us have been a little bit wild off the tee at times, and we we, we make it happen from there. Uh, you know, we don't mind having to play golf from wherever we find the golf ball. Uh, we would have good short games. So there is parallels. Obviously, he, he's, you know... It's like you know, his career like it it really is a, a like it's hard to believe how good a career he is. You know, unfortunately, he goes up against Tiger, and and mm-hmm. you know if, if, if it really is a stunning career, and most of it was against Tiger, yep. which is you know that's you know it was hard to hard to win those tournaments there, and and especially it's tough when Tiger was at his best. It's tough to go up against him because you you know, you know you know you're going there and you're you're on a hiding to nothing. And that that's the hardest thing when, you know, no matter how well you played when you finished around the golf and Tiger was in the tournament, you checked to see what he shot. And you just prayed that he wasn't, you know, you were <laughs> praying that he wasn't up on that leaderboard. Uh, it was the one name you really looked for when you were when you, in yeah. those years.
0: That thing pops up at the top, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. um, but who, who, obviously, you mentioned Phil. Who are some guys when, when things are normal, you'd like, who are the guys you'd go hang out and have dinner with and stuff like that? You know
2: they, they now very much Irish based at the start of my career very much Irish based too when I was in Europe there would like there was about 14 Irish pros on the tour and you didn't there was no arrangements you just turned up at seven o'clock in the evening everybody would be there and you go out for dinner and uh, it was great crack and and it and that's kind of how I've the last couple of years last maybe three four five years you know I was really trying hard sort of 2014-15 I had the putting yips and you know you're out here and you're grinding and it's it's no fun in that situation the last five years I've enjoyed far more because I've made much more of an effort and you know with the Irish guys we just constantly go out for dinner and, and and then I really enjoy the social side of the tour now more more so than I would have in my in my in my heyday where you're working hard and you're 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 you know you're doing everything you can like i was telling the guys now you know you know maybe you know back in 2008 i i would have been up 3 hours plus before my tea time it would have been oh, i would have been doing like 45 minutes in the room uh, of exercises i would have got to the golf course i would have done you know 20 25 minutes 30 minutes with a physio i would have done uh, you know a 10 minute dynamic warm up I would have been on the range an hour and ten minutes, probably more than three hours before my tea time. Now, <laughs> I, I'm I'm there today. I'm uh, like I, I had an early tea time, seven forty today, and I'm going. You know, I don't really need to get up before six. An hour and forty minutes, and I wandered out like I had forty minutes of a warm up, and I was done with twenty minutes to go. Like you know, it, I I I don't have. When you're younger, you 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 do have that push and focus now. No, I don't need to do that. I, I, can, I can warm up. I could probably warm up in five minutes now.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think you're still as obsessive with the game of golf as you were in 2007 and eight?
2: In a different way. Uh, I wouldn't say I I like I really like to practice and I've got to stop myself doing that. So my, my biggest problem is when I'm on the range, I can hit a golf shot in the range that's second to nobody. Nobody. I was on the range this week. I got 191 ball speed. Oh, my God. You know, but for one moment, I can hit a shot second to no. I can hit a a towering five iron with spin, like, on the range. And I get so attracted and sucked into that on the range, which isn't actually golf. You know, because, say, if you're standing on the range and you're hitting a five iron, say on the the range this week, I'm hitting five iron out there on the range 230. But if I miss hit it, I'm hitting it 215. That's 15 yards out. Whereas if I'm on the golf course and I'm hitting a 210 and I miss hit it, okay, say I hit a 200, well, it's only 10 yards out. You're a better golfer being 10 yards yeah. out than 15, but I'm attracted and sucked into, wow, I possibly could do this. Uh, and, and I think that that hurts me. It hurts me to hit too many good shots in the range.
0: 230? Yeah, yeah 191.
2: Awesome Damn, that's moving it. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't bring it to the golf course. Like, I got like my... But the problem is, you don't need that. Honestly. Like, you know, uh, you need to hit the shot as close to the one that you think you're going to hit. Not the perfect shot.
1: Is that all the tinkering? Would you call that like the tinkering? Is that what you do on the range? Like trying different things as hard as you can swing, things like that? Yeah,
2: I just, I, I do enjoy that. Like, you know, uh, like, my caddy laughs at me because I could be on the range and after like two, three hours, I say, I'm really, you know, I could hit more balls and he says, but that's the same every day. Yeah. Like uh, last week, I was having a light session on the range, and I looked at Trackman. I'd hit 190 drivers.
1: Light 190 session, 90 flat out. Just a little warm up, flat out. So, just a little baby sash out there, flat 190 out. dogs. How? Oh
0: my! I'd be How's exhausted? your body
1: feel? Yeah, well, I'd what it. nap. Well, like
2: I don't. After I, okay, I'm gonna say it myself. I am particularly weird. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's why you're great. Dude. Perfect. That's why you're great.
2: I did 20 hours of flying on Monday. 11 hours of jet lag and on Tuesday I'm warming up on the range and my first shots are coming out at 180 with my driver. Like Damn. 10 balls into my warm up I'm 191. Like wow. I'm not I, like I wasn't that today. I'm like I'm 176 on the golf course. Yeah. But like how can I do that on a Tuesday after 20 yeah. and like I I just I can do freakish things. But that's not, you know, competitive golf is about repeating what you know. Colt, you were there. You know exactly. You you hit the shot. You hit your shot over and over. It's hard. Like, you'd be a perfect example. You weren't a long hitter. Mm -hmm. So it'd be very easy for you to get sucked into this. You know, there's one particular hole where you will see a guy go hit a golf shot. And you say, well, I can't do that. But if you did your own thing all the time, Mm -hmm. your stuff actually adds up. At the end of the day your stuff adds up as, as good or better mm-hmm. but we unfortunately that's very hard to do throughout your career because eventually there's some new kid going to come on the block and I, I would say this you know you you every time you see a player get to the top in the world you know it they, most players kind of peak for about 18 months they have this attitude they go to the golf course and you know they are only interested in how they're playing because they know if they play their best they're going to win. And then after a while, this, somebody else starts playing well and they start looking over their shoulder mm-hmm. and they're wondering, well, you know, if, he, if I play well and he doesn't play well, well, then I win. Whereas when they're on top of the world, they're only concerned with themselves. And, and I think that if we had the ability never to look around ourselves, to do our own thing, uh, you know, we'd all perform to our maximum. And if you did that, you'd be surprised how good you would be. I I played with Steve Stricker this week you know Steve's not playing a power game out there Mm -hmm. he's not he's playing his own game he's leading the tournament by playing his game Mm -hmm. Uh, and if he you know if he if he you know if he decides to look, he's good I think sometimes as well Steve knows his game so he's committed to doing what he's doing I get drawn into the fact well I can actually do the same I could possibly hit the golf ball like like Rory, you DJ. So I get drawn into that. Whereas if you're a lot of guys who, who uh, again, as we've seen, the more one-dimensional you are, the better as a pro. Mm-hmm. So we all go to the range and we want to hit beautiful fades and draws. But the best pros, Barrett Tiger, who worked the ball very well, the best pros are ones who are stuck with one shape. It's a big draw and a little draw, mm-hmm. or it's a big fade and a little fade. And they don't have any other choices. They just, and it makes it very clear. When you're only hitting one shot, but we, we want, and, and again, I'm in this, I want to be able to hit the perfect draw and the perfect fade. But it's not what you need to be a professional golfer.
1: It's what you need to, to look good.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So let
1: me ask you this, staying on the same topic. Your obsessive practice and your constant tinkering, do you think that was your biggest asset and led you to have the success that you've had? Or do you think there were times where you'd be like, I wish I could just shut my brain off and be like, you know what, what I got right now is pretty damn good and I'm gonna stick with it. Well, I did shut my brain off to win the majors. I
2: had a good formula, a good way of peaking, and it took me three weeks to shut my brain down. So literally for three weeks, no practice, no 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 technical stuff, and I managed to calm myself down.
0: This was before the before Before each major.
2: Yeah, how
1: hard was that to not for you to not practice when you're a guy that's hitting 190 drivers in a? I I
2: I still hit shots. (laughs) I'd still go out, but no technical practice. Okay. Okay. So no nothing working on the swing. I basically used the swing I had. I think. Yeah, it's it's like I'm I'm this is I'm I'm my in my 50th year, so I'm committed this year to giving myself a run at what I can this year, and I know that means no more technical practice. I've got to stick with what I've got. I've got to play, play the game in front of me, and it's it is interesting. I've done so much technical stuff, so much left brain stuff it's hard to shut it down it's you it used yeah. i used to be able to but it's not a light switch and i think people you know for the general punter out there you know you go to the range before you go out and play and you have 20 swing thoughts and then you expect to go to the first tee and have be calm in your mind <laughs> yeah you know and, and I, i've been doing that too much as well i'm not you know but if people are listening to this at home the less they, the better off, as I said, with a five minute warm-up where they don't get to think about their swing than an hour warm-up where they have a hundred or 20 swing thoughts, because you can't be calm in your brain if you're, if you're overthinking stuff on the range. And, and I, I fall into that category and, and I think, do I have regrets about it? No, because that's who I am. You know, I, that's all the stuff I've done over the years, good and bad made me who I am. Have I lost tournaments because of it? Yes. I, I, I like I was famous in Europe. I, I like I think I've thirty runners ups and there was a good period where there was a lot of runners up at a time. And some of them were good runners up where I played well, but I, I know I closed too many ranges on a Saturday evening when I was leading the tournament. And that's that's silly. Because obviously I was in contention, I was playing good enough. Mm-hmm. I was leading the tournament. And oftentimes on a Saturday I'd find something to really Spark me off! Oh, I'm hitting the ball great, and go out and hit the ball better on Sunday, but wouldn't make I wouldn't make good decisions. Cockiness.
0: Very interesting. Yep. Cockiness. You know, if, <laughs> if if your game is yeah. if you're if you're I think if you're, you're bulletproof. Yeah. Exactly,
2: I, and I I you know you take on a pin with a five iron because you're hitting the ball well, but you know if the other days you'd be patient and go no I don't need to look at that one I'll just wait for the wedge shot, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you make your birdies when you have your opportunities and and you you. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, that's who I was. And if I was talking to it, you know, uh, that's my experience. Unfortunately, when you gain experience, it's no bloody use to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you think you'll be able to calm that mind mind and brain down during the Ryder Cup? Being a captain? I don't
2: have to hit any shots, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, I hopefully will be overthinking it. Well, right. not overthinking it, but we, 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 we've a good... Yeah, I'd be thinking, and I have good good vice-captains, I've got to say, and, yeah. and, and that's quite important because uh, the one thing people at home wouldn't know at the Ryder Cup, there's a lot of distraction for the captain. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of media, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of time constraints, there's a lot of things to be done. Uh, he doesn't get, you know, it, it's not as simple as people would like to think mm-hmm. that he's there nice and relaxed and he's able to see everything he's not uh so uh y- your vice captains are, are are very important
0: what is what is something maybe like that even we wouldn't know like being a, a captain of the rider cup team what is something behind the scenes like you've had to deal with already that probably you never even thought about doing
2: i spent uh, like over an hour on hats see there
3: you
1: go, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> over the an hour. uni is
2: important man they done a presentation about hats I thought I was buying the company after 15, years. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you that New Era built, made the first baseball hat. So they started yeah. off in the 20s making hats <laughs> for Wall Street, and in I think, I think it could have been around the the Great Depression. The Cleveland Indians they made a hat, baseball hat. Yeah. So they made the first baseball hat then. Now obviously they've moved on and they showed me all their iconic, uh, you know, pop stars, movie stars who wear newer hats and i sat through how many four panels and six panels and, and if anybody's That's ever hard. seen me wear a hat they hats. realize i don't wear a baseball hat very well uh, it's generally a little bit crooked and it sits down in my ears so i end up at the end of the meeting i was very i says you know what i'll do i'll get you two players off my team who know a bit about hats who like hats and they will come and you can do the presentation that's but fun. it was a full hour on hats it, it was it was fun I, as i said i do understand the business proposition mm-hmm. of new era now uh, but it's uh, but i i will say this the likes of, of of rory has never worn a hat at the Ryder cup yeah
1: so many europeans seem to not wear them for the Ryder Cup. well it didn't fit him that's why he didn't wear it so now you know new era and he's got are,
2: are pretty good they have so many different styles that he will have a hat that will fit him. So he'll likely wear one this time. That's good news. These little things. Yeah. Yeah. These the little things well, you don't well, think I, about. I, I actually, I, I would tell all my players, and this is a selfish thing, wear a hat. And you might go, well, what's so important wearing a hat? Why would you, you know, if you have the option of not wearing a hat, why not? This is, but, this is really, they'll take so many pictures of you during the Ryder Cup, and if you're not wearing a hat, they will use them in every publication for the next two years without your sponsors. Mm. So I say, put your hat on so that, you know, and, it, you know, if, if if a golf magazine or something, you know, somebody's trying to put a picture out a year later and it's got to write a cup hat and everybody, will, well, that's out of date. Yeah. So they have to use a current picture with your current sponsors. These are things captains I know. Mean, dude? Well, it's, it's a player. No, You should know. It's very frustrating as a player, as I said, if, you know, this picture keeps turning up and you're going to your sponsors, get yeah. on to you and go, well, you know. We're paying oh, for thought, that hat. Yeah, you know, why aren't you wearing a hat? And you go, well, it's it's out of date. Mm-hmm.
0: Where Where would you say being named Ryder Cup captain ranks in your career?
2: Well, I was sitting on the toilet when I was told.
0: <laughs> oh God, that is awesome. Okay, <laughs> let's break Doesn't this down. How did it all happen? Well, this is Patrick. <laughs> yes. Hello.
1: <laughs> oh, hold on. Give me a second. All right, now go. Yeah, Uh yeah. You know,
2: in in Europe, they kind of go about it. As I said, they. They ask, "Are you interested?" Mm-hmm. They get two or three people interested. They bring that to the players committee. Uh, usually they would have a favorite so they'd know, but they would have a second and third just so would some years it's competitive. Uh, I think this time around I was lined up to be captain so I, I was uh, probably aware and it would have been a surprise if I wasn't captain. so yes. I didn't know when the phone call would come, obviously, because as I said, I was <laughs> clearly, <sure. yeah. laughs> clearly, I, uh, and when I did get the phone call from uh, Mister Guy Kinnings uh, to to inform me that it was officially, the deal was done. I suppose I was. Doing the do, scared (laughs) the shit, surprised the shit out of (laughs) him. That's great. Uh,
1: Is it hard as a captain, like when it comes to selecting the team, you've had a relationship with all these, more or less, I feel like every guy on your team you will know in some capacity. Is it hard to separate, like, all right, let's put the best team together, but also set aside friendships?
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting for me because, uh, you know, I suppose some of these players I've played against. uh, Okay, they are younger than me. So some of them I've been competitive with. Uh, so they're my peers and then we have some young guys and you know some of these young guys they 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 don't know me if you know you know they they, so i have to build a relationship with them but most of the guys the older guys i have to maybe soften my relationship with because you know i i would have been a feisty enough character on the golf course and i know would have been a hard nut in that sense so i have to be a little bit softer now and 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 not see people as my competitors now as you get older that happens you know you know if i meet somebody who i played against 20 years ago and you know say we were rivals you're now because you shared the same experiences, you you, you now feel like you're friends and you do you remember that day that we went at it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an element of, of softening with some of the guys I competed against, and then there's an element with the younger guys of 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 just trying to build that relationship.
1: I got one I got a question here about the Ryder Cup, because I think it's you're in a unique time in terms of Team Europe. And I'm gonna preface this by saying I know a lot can change in the next eight months in terms of the way guys play, but as it stands currently some of the stalwarts and the and the staples of the European team currently wouldn't be on the team, like Justin Rose, Sergio, um, Ian or something Poulter. Like Ian Poulter, right? Those are guys we we're used to seeing for years and years. And so do you feel like this is somewhat of a transition year where some of the guys that we're used to seeing make huge putts and do things for Europe might not be there and there might be some new faces in there that some of the American you know casual fans may have never even seen play, really?
2: Yeah, yeah and even having this delay of a year could be a year too far for, you know, Some of the guys are getting older. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. Uh, I think Europe has done well in the past by having new, fresh faces in the team, by having rookies. So I I, I do see there's a little changing of the guard. Uh, There isn't enough of those guys that there will be... I, I don't think, if you look at the team, there's still going to be nine players or so that are super experienced it's just that we may have 12 or 13 or 14 players that are are super experienced and some of them are, are definitely, you know, there's just not enough spots for them. Uh, but, you know, there is a little bit. If you turn around to me and said, hey, look, you can have the players who played in Paris in the exact same form. Well, wouldn't that be yeah, happy uh, days? Yeah. You know, be nice. uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know, another eight months, uh, it, you know, it's good to see somebody like like Frankie Molinari he hasn't played really for a year, yeah, and he's yeah. back, and he and Just he's come back and played really it. nicely, you yeah. know. So things like that are are nice. Alex Noren, you know, who was who was great in Paris, is showing a bit of form. So yeah, you know, Justin Rose is coming back. I think you know he, he had a little bit of a sluggish period after changing mm-hmm. the clubs. Uh, so so that's nice to see those guys are are coming back into form. Uh, you would have to think, you know, Poulter and and Sergio, if they show you know they're such Ryder Cup stalwarts. You know, it, it's nearly like they're all the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things yeah. like that. We, it, it will all depend on how many, ha, ha, obviously how they play, but there's enough of them. Lee Westwood as well has come back into good form. There's enough of them that there's, you know, there will still be plenty of experience in the team. It's it, it, You're picking and choosing between them though. There's probably, yeah. there's probably six really experienced guys and uh, there who, and 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 three of them will probably qualify and and maybe maybe one or two of them could have a pick it depends how many rookies are in there
0: no matter what you're gonna have a super team we know that and you know
1: just take it easy
0: on us a yes. little bit though i mean you know i'm such a big fan of you that like obviously it's gonna be hard for me to Root for Europe, but I, I want to a little bit just because of you. But that's just like been, it's like treason.
1: It is like treason. Tre- treason. You know what? Us are, I, like just I, take it easy.
2: I will accept for anybody who who likes us Europeans, who who maybe likes me, the Irish, whatever. I will accept for you to cheer as hard as possible for your home team to really give it socks and just be neutral to us. Okay. That's that. That's all we ask in the mm-hmm. golf course, you know. Just give it absolute socks, create that atmosphere, create that energy, cheer away, really love it, just be neutral, just in in terms of, let us try and play our golf, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, clap if we hit a good shot, you know, ignore us if we hit a bad shot, but, you know, I I think the Ryder Cup can be so special that we, both teams, and even when you're in Europe, it's the same thing, you know, in Paris, we saw balls hitting the water by the US and there was cheers going up, that's not right in golf. In golf, just cheer and support your home team as hard as you can, polite to the opposition, and everybody is everybody can play and, and let us go at it because That's I fair. think the players have found a nice balance. You know, when I started off in 99, you know, there was conspiracy theories. We didn't know each other. You know, it was them and us. Now the players, we play hard on the golf course, but we celebrate together on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. There's a good relationship between the players. Uh, and, we, and, and you go on the golf course... You fight tooth and nail. You try so hard. You really give it a hundred percent. You know, uh, but you shake hands afterwards. Isn't that the beauty of golf? Mm-hmm. It's the wo- it re- and it's got We've really got the Ryder Cup in a nice place. That the players, you know, you know, going back, you know, thirty, forty years ago when it when it started to become a match, there was too much acrimony in it. There was too much them and us in it. You know, the, now, I suppose because it's more of a world tour. The players get on and but we don't, when we're on the golf course, you know, I, I, it's it's funny on the golf course, you know, it's, it's really is, it's full on on the course, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, different situations, I've seen, you know, straightforward rulings, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to love this at the Ryder Cup, you know, you could have a ruling on the PGA Tour and a player might say, player might say my ball is plugged.
1: in theory just hypothetically just just hypothetically throwing something out (laughs) and
2: i swear to you if that happened on tour if it was casual water or something like that every player on tour would go yeah and just wave it over you know what you're doing look after there's no way you get involved with another player you yeah you're good if you tell me that's casual water i ain't coming over it In the Ryder right Cup, oh. it's like a fifteen-minute ruling yeah. for the referee, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh, 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 "No, there's well, yeah, yeah, you go there." Bring it's, in a scientist. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. It's, it, it. I've seen that happen. It's not as bad now, but I think you know. Certainly, you know, if it was a regular event, every pro knows how to proceed. Go ahead, just mm-hmm. just get it done there. You you we you know you go about your business. Uh, because everybody's concentrating on their business, yeah. but it, it is funny in the Ryder Cup how these things do turn into an inquisition rather than a you know, just a straightforward drop.
1: Go ahead, that's kind of cool because that doesn't happen unless there's a ton of passion behind it on both sides, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it gets that's that's because it's serious and people are maybe
2: worried about, yeah. getting it wrong from both sides. And 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 you know, uh, I don't think I think 20 30 years ago, I think was worried that somebody was trying to take advantage you know because it was so you know it was so much against each other now as i said the players are good with each other they want to beat each other with the golf clubs that's that's the key now we want to we want to outplay you know, europe wants to outplay the states they want to outplay us want to hit the shots and and the reason the players play remember they don't get paid to play the Ryder cup mm-hmm. they play for the glory of it yeah the atmosphere for hitting the shot in front of the crowds and the crowds cheering and the, the, maybe your fellow teammates that's sort of the atmosphere the the bonding that you get from playing and winning points uh under the scrutiny of the of, of the crowds the crowd like you, you mentioned earlier you know we, who knows what's going to happen with this pandemic going forward let's hope it's all good to go in september but the players more so than any other event play for the crowds mm-hmm. that week yeah it's
0: i mean it's the greatest yeah, the
2: chanting and in all that it is so far it's
1: my favorite sporting event in sports and yeah. i love a lot of other sports yeah, now that we're all best it, friends tell us how you do it, it. it it's okay. it is up there
2: though i like well, I, you favorite. know if if you're a non golfer if you're a golfer you have to go to it mm-hmm. that's that's it if you're a golfer and you can get to the masters you have to go to it if you're a golfer you should go to the other majors especially if you're a u.s golfer you should go to the open okay so those are bucket list things for a golfer. But it the Ryder Cup is actually a bucket list for a sports fan. Yeah. It's it's I've gone to the Super Bowl. Okay, I like I like American football, but it's something you have to do. You gotta go I've gone to the Olympics. As a sports fan, you've got to go and do these things. The Ryder Cup is right up there as something that if you're a sports fan, don't need to know anything about golf. You can still go and have a great time understanding that you're watching people sweating out on the mm-hmm. golf course. You're watching people you know, and I think that's true with all sports. You know, people ask me, if, you know, if I watch any sport. I say, well, as long as there's pain involved in it, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you know, as long as the person losing it means something yeah. or the person winning I, I, it doesn't matter who's playing what what the sport is. If you can see the agony and ecstasy, you're going to enjoy watching mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah, and that's never more clear than the, that's why the Ryder Cup's so cool. You mentioned no money, no nothing. It's just for the pride. It's just for the your country, your your you know your yeah. team, and it's it, it's my favorite sporting event in the world. And I'm looking forward. We to can't it. wait for it. All yeah, right, but
2: now, actually, now I have to say oh, this. Yes. Now, I played with Dan Marley this week. Did oh, you Thunder? Thunder uh, Dan. Yeah, on the Dream Team. So mm-hmm. there's another one who what? who played for glory. He can yes. play a little well, bit too. He is a very good golfer. Yeah, yes. so uh, uh, scratch golfer, mm-hmm. and we get. Paired with plenty of scratch golfers and pro-ams and, and this and that. And you you kind of go, yeah, I'd be happy to take him on. Not that. Dan. Yeah. Dan knew what
1: he was doing. He's a big How do you like that backswing? His nickname, yeah. Thunder, is more of a lightning backswing. That yeah, don't get too he's far got a little short yeah. snappy.
2: I, you know, I, I, I've I been doing some, some videos for social media videos. And now I'm putting them on YouTube with golf lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did all. The, everything I know is on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm now putting it all on YouTube. And... I put one out this week on bunkers. Thankfully, I was four out of four hundred percent this week. I was under pressure, <laughs> uh, but I had two recorder, and the other was on wrists. And actually, I teach amateurs to to do it like that. Like mm. amateur golfers think that they're going to hit the golf ball properly or further by using their torso and and hip turn. It adds so little to the golf swing. It, it it's it's a little bit at the top end, you know, making the proper turns and all. But most of the speed comes from just swinging your hands and arms. And your hands determine where the club face is. So why do people try not to use them? Mm. And Dan is a great example of somebody who just gives it a little flick. He puts a strike on it. You know, and he, he hits, hits it, it out there.
1: He hits it. That's cool. And it's his him. hands are massive. You, you yeah, really well, okay. The, that's when he that's it, yeah. your hand, you feel like a little he's baby. He's a and massive like, hi, hi it's hi. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you watch him on TV when plays, like, oh, hurt not,
0: not that big. And then you see him in person. You're like,
1: oh, my God. And he moves it for a backswing
0: that gets to about right here. All right, now right, here we go. Let's get into we, we, the segment we call Emergency Nine. Nine fun questions. Just know a little bit more about Patrick Harrington. Okay. All right. I'll start it off. We ask this to everybody. There's a movie being made about the life of Patrick Harrington. You can pick any actor to play you. Who's it going to be? Oh, Dead or my. alive?
2: Yeah. I you know I I obviously should pick somebody who is. Uh, I would go. I should pick the. I I would like. Matt Damon.
0: Okay. No. Yeah. Do you have one?
1: I Liam Neeson.
0: Liam
1: Neeson. Is yeah, you know, yeah. It's,
2: it's it's funny when you pick Taken. Yeah, I know, yeah. but yeah, he's Irish. So and he's Irish. Yeah, right? but the yeah. problem is, you you never look to your own if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, you, you've got your Irish actors. You going oh I'm not too sure about that that accent or that. You know, you prefer. Uh, yeah, he he's a little bit tall now to to yeah, do Yeah, he's a job. big boy.
0: I, I
1: I think Matt would be more athletic.
0: I had Jim Carrey. I don't know why. I just kind oh, of wow. That's yeah, a big times. problem. Yeah. That's nice. Funniest yeah. man alive. Yeah. All
1: right. You used one earlier in the in the show. I want to ask you, What's the what Irish slang word do you use the most in your everyday vocabulary? Feck. It's like, yeah, like feck? Feck, feck. feck off? So feck,
2: so I, in school, feck is actually, so my, a teacher would say to us, feck, feck a vic, right, which means it's Irish for you will see, son, so evic is son, So you will see son. So, you know, as in trying Interesting. to... Interesting. Yeah. You got that? So <laughs> feck fec is a shortened version. Of, most people think it's actually... Sh- it, it's a it's a bastardization of F-U-C-K. That's what I thought. Yes, mo- it is. But it's actually an Irish word as well, to see. Oh, it's a real... Okay. It, it's okay. a real word, which means to see, as in with your eyes so to you see. So you say
1: feck, like, because fec. that's a regular fec word. Feck would probably be What's, the most uh, regular one. Because you said half. earlier, you, I think you said if the average punter... Out there, what's punter? Is punter, that just a bloke?
2: A punter, a punter in general is a gambler. Oh, so somebody okay. who's, but we now is turned over to any person who's watching the sport. He's oh, the general okay. punter out there. God, it's amazing. I just, I would use that. I'm trying to explain it. Just a punter. A punter would be the guy betting on a horse race. Okay. He's the one putting the punt mm, on it. Because so a gambler
1: either. or someone at least watching it. Y- yeah, right. but it's now turned into. For all you punters out there. Yeah,
2: everybody who's sitting at home. Who's got an opinion? Yeah,
0: you're 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 yeah, you're a your cult punter.
2: colt has done it. Sorry, so you're a punter. <laughs> perfect. I like
0: it. Fair. All right. Next question. I know you're not the biggest drinker. You only do it when you celebrate. But Sleeze and I, we like to get amongst it a little bit and drink. If we we're going to go toe to toe with Darren Clark and Shane Lowry, who would we have a better chance of handling at the bar? Not fighting, just drinking.
2: I'm going to tell you the truth about Shane. Shane, uh, Darren Clark's going to win that hands down. <laughs>
0: there we go.
2: Shane has to slow down. He's, he's, like, he's like 10 o'clock, half 10. He's, he's like... Already gone. He, yeah. he, he, he's had too many too quick that he needs to go to bed. He, he, oh, that's t- great. He tires
0: out, yeah. That's funny, you know. I, I, I played... shouldn't be telling DC. No, no that's great, great, No, I've <laughs> seen it in person. Me and him went out over at the British Open. We missed yeah. the cut and roll Tour and yeah. went out, and I saw it. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about.
1: So he goes hard and then peaks and then it's Yeah, he, yeah he has to. But no. DC can go.
0: In fairness,
2: with his Open Championship win, he did manage not to, not, not to need to go to bed at 11 o'clock at night. He managed I would be to very going.
0: disappointed if he would have went to bed at 11 yeah, o'clock yeah, after yeah, winning the Open yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, maybe, maybe,
2: maybe he's maturing.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like that <laughs> celebration ended about three weeks ago from the, the articles I've seen and things like that. You know, it,
2: Ireland's a small place and we, we, we really do, I think we're one of the better countries in the world for enjoying our success with people. We the, the, I I don't believe you know some people say oh you are you know begrudge it. I don't think they do. I think they they enjoy it. nobody enjoyed like Shane is really a man of the people. Mm-hmm. Very much so a man of the people at home. He's you know you could get him on a on on any sports show and he would sit there and talk about Gaelic football or hurling or or, or soccer. Uh, he's very much he, you know he's very comfortable whatever sport. He's he's one of the lads really he's awesome uh, yeah.
1: yeah that's that probably guy. why his win was so popular it, it,
2: it was very very popular he, he he's just he's a kind of down there guy that they they uh, by the way i am saying that some of this is image you know most kind of people Shane works hard he works hard in the gym he he doesn't drink during golf events you know he, he's, he this yeah. has changed by the way in professional golf so you know w- when i started out Back in the 90s, the culture was, you know, you finish around the golf, a couple of pints in the afternoon, back and a couple of pints at dinner. You know, it was normal. You know, obviously people like me came along and, you know, we started working more and more and more. There was no drinking. So you very rarely find at a professional golf tournament any pro drinking during the week. Now, they've kind of, it's gone more now to this stage. stage and, and, And this is, they have a good way of, you know, obviously they're young guys, so they're not. We're not talking here. You know, they should be out enjoying themselves. It'd be crazy if you're in your twenties, you know, not to be living your life. But they're very serious about golf. They work very hard. If they miss a cut or something like that, if they miss a oh, weekend off, yeah, you'll see guys go out and enjoy themselves. But they don't do it. And and Shane is a perfect example because he he would have people would be at home thinking, you know, he's having a couple of pints. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't drink at all during a tournament. He works hard. He goes he's pretty big into going to the gym. Uh he's nowhere near as big as you think he is. You know, mm-hmm. people look at him on TV and think, oh, he's a big lad. He's not. He's a big strong fella. He's a fairly barrel chest guy, mm-hmm. so he's never gonna look skinny and he wouldn't be a good golfer if he was skinny. You know, wouldn't suit him. But I think he's very much the perfect you know he has that stereotype because he's Irish, and that that you know maybe he he he's out there enjoying himself too much. It's not that at all. He 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 has a good balance to time and place because we know as well a pro who comes out and tour and has room service every night and doesn't leave his room. He he will not last. That you're going to turn into a a, a mental midget mm-hmm. if you're sitting. And I would say this: if there's a businessman out there, a businesswoman out there, if you're traveling the one thing you never do is spend time in your hotel room. Cause if you sit in that hotel room and start looking at those four walls, you're going to find yourself problems, <laughs> a sure, lot yeah. of problems. And we've, we've yeah. seen that with professional golfers again, cause we have a good system in Ireland, a, a good mix of where we've had to drag pros out, you know, who've had a, a bad day or an average day, drag them out of the room. You're not staying in, you're coming out to dinner because if you don't get out and relax that Two hours for dinner or whatever it is in the evening time. That's when you can reset and get yourself away from thinking about three put in the 18th. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just you just do not spend time. I, I would tell you, I haven't had room service 10 times in my career. Just really? Don't spend time in the room.
0: That's interesting. Yeah.
2: It's a well, good, it, good bit
1: of
0: advice. Did,
2: did, well, did you, it, it's a big thing for European pros coming across. The, the europe we've had a good few good pros come across to the states who have failed in the states just not doing well if you don't if you come to the states on your own because we don't know the u.s sports especially college i'm completely lost on college sport you know if the professional sports great college sport just kills me that when they start talking about it, i'm going you know why are you a diehard fan of that college you went for three weeks you know if if, if you don't finish your college in europe that sort of on your cv that disappears over here you guys carrying the colors of a college that they went to for three weeks and flunked out i just don't get this and i don't understand the college side of things in the states but again if you if you're a European, it gets very lonely over here. Yeah. It's kind of weird that you've got to bring somebody. So I have my best friend basically caddying for me. So he ain't going to sit in the hotel room. So every night, you know, we're going to go out. And like one of like I, in, in we oftentimes will come back to the hotel because I practiced, because I was practicing hard, come back at six in the evening, could be a couple of hours sleep. And we go out, we could go out at nine o'clock till 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock because you feel like you're living if you go out at that time honest to god if you go out if you go out for dinner at six o'clock in the evening if you go out and get drive-through if you get takeaway at six o'clock in the evening if you go for the early bird menu you do not feel like you're living a life
0: hey you have to tell us (laughs) but but
2: i'm I'm not saying i I wasn't drinking on those nights you know as in but I would go out many like the European I'd have enough sleep I'd go out from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock and I'd feel like I'm living a life yeah. because you know you do, you don't feel like you're living a life if you're if you're finished at half 6 and you're sitting in your hotel room you know trying to find something to watch on TV that's that's not a, uh, that's not a healthy place
1: yeah. yeah and then you do it week but, after week after week yeah. and you drive yourself absolutely the things you learn I know dude I feel like I'm i need to be taking notes right now alright all right, Patrick. next one. Is it disappointing when you go to all these tour events and the practice facilities aren't even as nice as the ones you have in your backyard? i seen it on, on social yeah. media, dude. It is nice. It is a joke. At first when I saw it, I was like, that's, an, that's a country club. That's weird. The clubhouse is right next to the green like that. And then I'm like, no, this is his house. It's, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. You know, what, what would you do with it? Like, you know, you as a kid, you, 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 I didn't have a pra- My practice ground in my golf club was 120 yards straight up a hill. With a howling gale off the right. So I always wanted a practice ground. And of course, you, you grow, you're successful, you make money, you know, so you buy what you want. I, I'm not, I, I'm not a,
1: yeah, I, I just. It's incredible. But,
2: but it's the only thing I wanted. Yeah, it's so the you best. You, you're like, if you looked at me, you'd probably find, well, you know, I did a couple of cars, you know, how silly is that? Mm-hmm. Wow, I remember having a car. I remember the worst. I remember buying like an eight fifty BMW, and they, they 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 laughed at me. My friends, I didn't put, I didn't get to two thousand miles on it. Wow! And and, and and I'm very bad with cars, so I just leave. And of course, if you just leave it sitting there, you come back like two weeks later, and like it's the battery's dead. Mm-hmm. This car never moved. It just didn't move. Good but purchase. I it, yeah. I, I it was a great purchase because then it then realized, wow. You know, you just, you just, you, yeah, but you have to go through it, don't mm-hmm. you? You have to learn buying all the, and by the way, cars are twice the price in Ireland than they are in, in the US. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to drive a flash car over in the US. In Ireland, when you, I have never put, like, I I, I actually I have a few cars, but the first car I bought in 1998, it was the first car I ever bought, first car I ever owned, was a Mercedes SL500. Mm. I still have it. And, really? it ha- and it hasn't got 30,000 miles in it. That's hilarious. Well, you don't
1: got to leave because you got you got your practice yes. facility in your back. <laughs> yeah. Last question
2: on that. Do you have a greenskeeper
1: or something? Because it yes. looks perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I don't. Yeah, you, yeah. You I didn't know if you that. were out yeah. there mowing no. or not. I figured no. not. No, I'm not. You know, I don't. I'm not, yeah. I it's have, the,
1: if you haven't seen it on social media, check it out. Yeah. It's the best it's backyard. Really cool. It'll make all of you yeah. very envious.
0: Uh, all right. Next question. I'm sure you've seen Connor Moore. Yes. He impersonates a lot of yeah. different tour players. You being one of them on a scale of one to ten. How would you rate his impersonation
2: of you? Uh, I would give him nine.
0: Nine, no. Yeah, I think
2: I think he's he's really he's got it down. More like at the very start, I wouldn't have done it. I give him nine. I actually like I like his impressions. He he he. Very hard when you're doing impressions because you want to make them funny. Mm -hmm. They've got to be close, but they can't go over the over the line. Of course. And I think he, he. I suppose obviously because now he works for golf channel he does have to He does nice nice yeah. good now i will have to say obviously you know if you're not being parodied you're not you're not doing well mm-hmm. right but i have i'm a permanent fixture on most of the radio shows at home <laughs> so my permanent fixture is literally every time on a radio show it's the truck reversing his part
1: All the way. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. So, uh, I like it. Good job, good. Connor. Uh, that's nine. Yeah, that's yeah, the like type I, of the cap. I, I, re- well I think he,
2: he, it's because we've seen him obviously progress. He's really done a nice job. Uh, and he's very, you know, it's amazing with this. As he's improved, you can see how he's trying to learn all the time. And he, he's, it's, it's, There's an artist in there. It's an artist with a bit of work. It's not. It's not all talent. Yeah, Yeah, that's a
1: talent. His Poulter is. It might be my favorite one. All right, next one. Any chance the Padraig Harrington handlebar mustache makes a return for the Ryder Cup? I mean, (laughs) we gotta have the people want this dude.
2: If you told me it would make a difference to my team, I would absolutely. I think the
1: Americans would embrace it if they see you show up looking like one of the Hell's Angels out there. But ah, I like this guy.
2: Yeah, actually, I'm just thinking to myself, you know. there is a kind of thing now and god they haven't brought it up but i'm sure they will you know if you thomas bjorn did this he got a tattoo yep yeah
0: right on his butt right on the uh, butt with uh, a uh, half point too uh, yeah.
2: ink. i don't have any tats so I'm what you, <laughs> i mean, let, what, you I mean a, this would be a great <laughs> show to say like, so the butt's completely available yeah that's great
0: would you would can we say you'll do that if you do get the win no you can't dang it
2: nothing to do with you guys It's true, but I just want you to say on on our show that... There's only 12 people that can say that. Okay. Okay, and they ain't you guys. Okay, (laughs) That's fair. Nobody could push me into this but 12 people, and unfortunately, I shouldn't have brought it up because, yes, Mm -hmm. this could cause me problems. Yeah, this could be be an issue. We're the 13th and 14th. No, no, I got to tell you, and nobody's listening to this, obviously. Clearly. You're not allowed to tell them, okay? I'm,
1: I'm, I'm hoping they've forgotten I don't think
0: they have. They, they're going to have something planned for you, oh, don't
1: worry. I'm heart. hoping. Wasn't it Paul Casey was one like, one, like in, he's like, it wouldn't be the worst if we missed this putt because then there'd be an extra half point that gets tattooed on yeah. his ass. He <laughs> <laughs> came on and told us that It was story. the extra half yeah. point. Yeah. he yeah. did have to get the, yeah. That's yeah, another, I don't know, what does that take, yeah. 30 seconds? Of That's getting so your ass. funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Is it mine or yours? It's you. man. Okay. Obviously, you're going to be captaining in Team Europe. We don't know who the team's going to be yet. We have an idea of some guys that are going to be on there. If you had to pick one guy, current guy right now, that's most likely going to be on our team to make a 10-footer to win the Ryder Cup, who's it going to be? Wow. Last match, this whole thing's tied, 10 feet. For all
1: the marbles, as we say. Who would I want that to be? A lot of punters watching.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, you know, clearly I'm, I'm... Sorry, Rory, it's not
1: you. <laughs> okay, awesome. okay, okay. Yep. okay. We'll assume he already won his match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: Rory, you've won five and four. It's yeah, okay. You're, yeah, you're yeah, on the yeah. Side early lines. there, early door. And true, you know, I, I think I think I I you know, couldn't look past John Ram. Mm. I just you know, he, he's he's a young guy, but he looks like he's just got a lot of bottle. Yeah, I'd no, like to have him on the hard He team. does. Yeah. He wants that light, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he looks like he He yeah. wants that stage. You know, the, it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think back through the guys who had putts to win. You know, obviously, Kimer holding a nice mm-hmm. putt, but he's mm-hmm. been a lovely putter. But Paul McGinley holding the winning put yeah. in 2004. Paul McGinley was the unluckiest putter that's there, ever set foot. He, really? I, I played a lot, obviously, a lot of team yeah. golf, a lot of golf with Paul. And, like, Paul is the guy. Who could hit the perfect putt all day and it would miss? Wow. And then, uh, like, (laughs) yeah, he was like always a great Teeth Green player and always like a poor putter. I'm not saying a poor putter because he wasn't a poor putter, but he just didn't hold putts. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd have 36 putts around, sort of thing. It was like, and for him to be presented with the winning putt and then to hold it. Everybody now thinks, oh, yeah, McGinney was a great putter. <laughs> and it, it's the one thing he, like, he was a great ball striker. Paul McGinney yeah. was a beautiful golfer, beautiful ball striker. You know, Tee the Green, lovely like player. And now he's forever known as, ah, he must have been a rubbish ball striker and a yeah. great putter.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I like it. One add-on to that, I'll, go, I'll give you all time, Europe. It doesn't have to be current. It could be any, any era you ever want, 10-footer.
2: Oh, I'd have to pick Seve. Yeah, I do, I just that think, though, yeah. you know, there's something about putting. There's something about golf that it's not all. It's you know, it doesn't. It's not all about being perfect, perfect putting stroke. There's a will and a want, and I do believe that you can actually be so driven and want to hole a put mm-hmm. that you can make it happen. And I think Seve was that way. Yeah.
1: Can't argue There's with a that. guy that wears red on Sunday. That's yeah. done a few of those too. All right, next one. Ready? I think you have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose this as a question. That,
2: sorry, that was a European. I yes, mean, yes, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a European yeah. question. Because yeah, yeah, you, yes, you, you exactly. do like, like yeah. Yeah, maybe not Ryder Cup wise, but like Tiger, obviously. Yeah, Tiger was, would probably be... had the will and the want to a hold it. Yeah,
0: he's a good. I'm not sure how that one at Tory Pines hopped over and bounced in the hole. Every, Every time I watch it, over, I think it's going to lip out. It's like, no, that's right, right. Nope.
1: Count it right here, right here, right here. I tell you
2: what, you you know the other guy who's wearing red, black and red in the Sunday Patrick Reed looks like a guy who can do that too
0: yeah uh, yeah that's a, that's a
1: subject for another day yeah <laughs> yeah he, he say what you want about the man he rolls a yeah. rock and he ain't afraid of a whole lot but yeah yeah well um he just he just
2: seems to like
1: drama he, yes it, I think he feeds off it I think it fuels yeah him. yeah without question all right next question I'm gonna ask this to you there's a question to you I want you to answer it I think you have Arguably the most unbreakable record in all of sports. Do you know what it is? No. If you had to guess, you're the only player to win three par three contests at Augusta National. Yes. Is that the most unbreakable record? I don't think anyone wants to break it. That's why I think it's the safest.
2: I and you know I'm entitled to actually go and play the Masters par three tournament every year. I got my invite this year, and now I I I can't see myself turning up to try and win it unless (laughs) I'm in the tournament. But I really wanted to win the par three and the Masters. You want to break the curse? Oh, I, I don't believe there's a curse. I want to prove everybody wrong. I don't believe there's been enough time over time. Only there's has been 75 Masters or so, or a little bit more. That's not enough to prove that you can't do. It. I just really like the idea. have my whole life I want to prove everybody wrong. I, I've a big, you know, I'm the youngest of five boys, yeah. so you know it really is. Like, if if you told me that sky outside was was blue, I'd tell you it was green. And I'd want to, you know, I'd like that sort of thing. And the Masters, I always, I try, I want to go out there and win it so that I could just prove everybody wrong. (laughs) I love that.
1: You're clearly not superstitious then, yeah?
2: I would make every effort to debunk any superstition. Absolute rubbish. You have to be,
1: if you're going to win that three times.
2: But you do realize superstition works. So what if, well if you believe it, it oh works. if you believe it yeah like yeah. yeah the placebo effect and it but the mm-hmm. problem with it and this is why I, I don't tolerate superstition as much as it works if you believe it it works against you very quickly if you mm-hmm. believe it so like you know yeah. parking in your favorite car park spot and you win great and then what happens when it's important and you don't get your favorite you know this it's you know and you're gonna wear out your favorite pair of underwear anyway, like you know. Happened <laughs> yes. yeah, to me,
0: dude. That's been to my career. <laughs> uh love it. Right. lucky greens. Last question. We were talking before the show. You you like you you'll drink to celebrate. Yes. Okay. When when you do something cool, so you obviously you've got a claret jug, a couple of claret jugs. Yeah. Wanna make a trophy. Which one's better to sip that vodka out of?
2: Uh you know, obviously the claret jug, I think, is a is a much more drinking vessel, I think uh, the the one. Of, yeah. I love that terminology. <laughs> it's the, uh, I've got to say, the first drink that went into it was my manager's. It was we actually picked a drink before I won the open on the week of the open on the Monday. My manager is drinking John Smith's smooth bitter, okay, out of a can, and like I says, oh, well, if I win this week, I'll put that in it. So mm. that was the first drink then clear enough whiskey goes in and, and there's a reason for the whiskey going in, okay? And I, I I have to tell you, anybody who wins a trophy out there, when you're drinking out of that trophy, there is always that little nagging feeling in the back of your head. What went in this before? Yep. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Doing, and, and like you would you would drink and you would go, yes, I've done that. But then there's always one guy. Like I had a a, a relation, cousin, young guy, big lad. Very Irish. Wow, did he like drinking whiskey out of that? Yep. Like every time I'm going, you know, wh- where's it been? Yeah. What's like, what's in there? You know, obviously whiskey kills everything. So it, was, yeah, it, 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 is, the, it is probably the drink to, to go with for, for, for the, the trophy. But there is that
0: nagging feeling of, where's that been before? A little easier to pick that one up too, compared to the Wanamaker.
2: Yeah, I think the Wanamaker would be like your, uh, your, you know, your high school prom. You yeah. be mixing the drinks in. Oh, and, put the punch and, in. And, yeah, to oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, You it, can it, feed a party with that. It, one. It is a, for a it, it is a big trophy to wanna maker. Actually, strangely enough, when I because I have both at the same time, so when I the open give you the they give you a ninety percent replica. So when you've got a ninety percent replica, you can't tell the difference. And the the PGA used to give you a fifty percent replica. And surprisingly, 50% looks ridiculously small. Mm-hmm. So I had the two of them and people would come up for a picture and they push the PGA trophy out of the way because they had no idea what it was. Wow. So in 2008 or, or, or probably 2009, I went to the PGA of America and says, you're really destroying your brand here. Nobody knows what this little trophy is. Yeah. It's a replica, but it's a little one. So I was the first person to get a ninety percent replica of the Wanamaker. Oh, you
1: did. Yeah. So, does that, that go on yeah. from now on? Or Everybody, are you the only I, one? yeah, and, and yeah, I, they I, I believe
2: they, they've, I think they went back a few years, or, and certainly you can. You, I think you get given it. I don't think you have to purchase. Sometimes you have to purchase. Sometimes, like, there's a limit. You can't get a whole stream of them. Like with the open, you, I think you get, they give you one free, and you can buy one, mm-hmm. but you can't because like, I wanted to buy ten. <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> have I said one in every room. I was the first person. Yeah. I said, like, how many can I buy? These are like, but, and then they brought in a rule actually that no, you can get, you get one and you get one and you get the one you win, and I think you get one time to buy another replica. But
0: they're, they're, they're,
2: they're really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Good conversation
0: piece. I'll tell you what, this has been really cool. This has has been a blast for us. podrick thank you so much. Best of luck at the Ryder Cup. Let's, Take it, take it easy. Okay. Yeah, maybe
1: bring the stash back, and we'll think about being quiet when you guys are hitting. You know, yeah, <laughs> got a lot of influence on this show, Patrick. We'll send the we'll send the soldiers out there. I,
2: I, I, just be as hard as you can. Be as you know, really get behind your team, really support it. But you know, when it comes to the the opposition, just, just let us have a go.
1: We got, you got you. it. We're looking forward awesome. to it. We cannot wait. Thank you so much, my Thank man. Thank you. Thank you, guys
0: least we're usa all the way but that was so cool to have the european Ryder cup captain here
1: we're digging in a little i wanted to know the secret sauce yeah, how do you guys do it what do you do uh the team room all that sort of stuff but man it's so cool to sit down with him for for that long and to dig in i thought i found it really interesting like with this being a different year and the Ryder cup being pushed back you look on the u.s side and we got six captain's picks That's, that opens up the opens up half the team it could be a pick you know and it could go all the way down the list he didn't want that he went the opposite way he said i only want three i want the decision to be made for me I don't want to have to make a bunch of different decisions that could then be questioned. So it's kind of two different strategies on the two sides.
0: He's going to have most most of his team is obviously going to be playing the best golf leading into the Ryder Cup because he's only got three captain's picks. But the one thing I took away from that is you never go to the shitter without your phone. (laughs) I who does that? You got to yeah. you gotta take it. Whether yeah. you're looking at social media, what it is, or if you get a call to become the Ryder Cup captain, you got to have your phone in there.
1: You never know who might be calling you while you're dropping a quick deuce. And in his case, it was a rather important phone call. But what a what a time to get that what call. What a story that was. So I, good. I
0: love that so much. And also, his relationship with Phil Mickelson, I think, is so cool. The way they go back and forth, playing jokes on each other, having the bets here and there. Uh, really cool to see a guy who's obviously a superstar in America and a superstar in Europe to have such a great friendship.
1: I think he and Phil, there's actually some like real par- parallels there. Padraig was a constant tinkerer in his golf game, always doing something. Even after he went through that stretch of winning all the majors, he was trying to revamp his swing and do new things. And Phil's the exact same way on the American side, no matter what. It's feel like something, whether it's equipment or swing or whatever, he's always trying something new. So I feel like those two guys actually like parallel one another Pretty well.
0: Yeah, but it was a blast sitting down with Padraig. I mean, I felt like he could go for four hours. He didn't want to stop talking. I think he
1: would. I think we could have him back and do three hours and not talk about golf for one second, and he would have plenty to say. He's just a fun guy to sit down and have a conversation with.
0: He really, really is. Very, very entertaining. And speaking of fun and entertaining, let's get to last week's gambling mm. here on Golf Subpar. Producer Mark, can you please tell us what happened at at and Pebble Beach? Yeah, so, Drew, you came in with the lead. You took Will zell Finished
2: T55, 18,000 and change. Hey,
1: top another six. Check, another, check. another top 60 for the sleeves.
2: Colt, you had Jason Day who came in at 30, 30 to 1 to the event. He tied for seventh for $228,930. Right. Putting you back in the lead by $79,619.
0: That sounds wonderful. I hope that's exactly how it ends. But now we have got a big week, a dude. Big Big week, the Genesis Invitational out of Riviera. I'm not sure exactly what the purse is. I believe it's around ten million dollars.
1: This is a big one.
0: So let's get to it. This is an important week. Tons of the top guys in the field this week. I mean, this feels like a major.
1: Yeah, it's close to. I mean, and just how difficult this golf course is, it tends to yield some big names up top. Yeah, so I mean, there's we, a lot open this week. Yeah, we some got strategy involved. We got
0: Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Bryson DeChambeau. Patrick Cantley, Brooks Kepka. I mean, the field is loaded. It's, they're all there. This is gonna be a tough one, but let's get to it. Since I took I, I have the honor after it's last Your week, honor. Yes. I'm gonna go with a guy. This is gonna pain you a little yeah, bit. I already know yeah, and it already sucks. Yeah, he uh he knows his place very well. Went to school right down the road at UCLA, coming off two top threes in his last two finishes. I think he's due for another win. And he's eighteen to one this week, which seems like a lot to me. Patrick Cantley.
1: Knew it was coming. Knew it was coming. I had to have an audible. He was my 1A guy, especially what he did at Pebble this past week. And he didn't putt worth a shit, which normally he's a really, really good putter. I love him down there this week. I was conflicted this week. There's so many big names. Like, all right, you you want to save him for the majors and the big tournaments, but this is one of them. Um, So I didn't know whether to go tippy top of uh, the World Golf Rankings or not. But anyways, I'm going back to Xander Shoffley. That's my pick.
0: Neat game. Kidding. Uh
1: Kidding. already used him. This is
0: Slay's going to be like, oh, if I wanted to pick the same thing as Colt, I actually can go back to a guy I've already used. I know you're going to change. New rule change. Yeah. Yeah, You got
1: to try to keep up. All right. Obviously I'm not taking Xander. already burned him, but I am going down the board a little bit. 30 to one. Adam Scott. I'm doing, still doing no research. I'm two, two for two on cuts made since I stopped looking it up. I know he's the defending champ and that he plays really, really well there. Tenth, I believe at uh Torrey Pines or a top 10 at Torrey Pines. The last time he teed it up, Big boy ball striking golf course. I'm gonna go with a good guy with some good course history. Adam Scott.
0: Yeah, this he he plays really well around here, and he was actually my second choice.
1: Oh, okay. So there
0: I we liked go him a lot We were this aligned. Okay. All right. Well, those are our picks for the one and done. Obviously, I'm going with Patrick Cantlay as one of my favorites. Kind of hard to bet against Dustin Johnson around this joint. It just sets up perfect for him. But if I'm looking at a dark horse, and I I couldn't believe his odds when I saw it. He's at fifty to one. Tied for seventh in his last term at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. A guy we both agree is going to get a win this year. There's no doubt about it. He was the rookie of the year last year, Scotty Scheffler.
1: Yeah, great fit for that golf course, too. Hits it long, hits it high. Hits it a mile in the a air. A mile in the air. He's 50 to 1. Similar to the guy that I'm going to pick, I don't think you're going to find a lot of events going forward where you can get these guys at 50 to 1 or north. I'm going to go the guy sitting at 60 to 1 uh Matthew Wolf um mm. so i think he's a little bit down the board because he's struggled his last time out he's been battling that little finger injury that you saw him uh have out there at Tory but definitely has the length as a big long golf course and he's played well on tough golf courses too in the past obviously at Wingfoot uh, Harding Park played some great golf there so uh he's got the type of game that could that could do well around uh, Riv so i'm going to go Matthew Wolf 60 to 1 for my it, long shot
0: It's funny you you picked him because this is how dedicated i am to this show and our brand I got asked to stay in California and fly down to L.A. and play golf today. It was going to be me and Jimmy Melton, who's a legend. Caddy's from Wayne Gretzky all the time. And Matthew Wolf and Dustin Johnson out at Sherwood. But I said, nope, I can't do it. I got a show to film.
1: Commitment, dude. That's what it is. The life in the big time. You're going to have to pass up some cool shit.
0: I pass up cool shit every day to spend spend more time with you. But
1: that's Which is cooler.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, those are our picks for this week. Next week, another awesome guest coming in the studio. A World Series champion our man Cody Ross will be in the building.
1: Yes, big-time golfer as well, so we'll touch a lot of baseball. He's got some great stories from his playing days. A very, very good golfer as well, so he will be in studio. That will be dropping next week. they good times. Just keep rolling.
0: Yes, they do. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.